everyone, you're listening to Prime by Cortex, a podcast where we discuss creator studio projects that are in the works or discuss the finer points of the various mechanics behind the system for the Cortex Prime role-playing game. Uh, we are not in any way affiliated with Fandom, but, you know, uh, JT, we actually have some news with regards to Fandom. Yes, uh, Fandom recently launched a uh, their own Twitch shows. Uh, they have Primetime, which is sort of announcements and discussion. And then they also have uh, Roll and Keep, which is their new uh, Cortex Prime actual play series, where they'll be playing various games that were primed by Cortex. And I think that was going to be weekly, but uh, or maybe bi-weekly. But in any case, you can find that at their Twitch, uh, which is going to be at twitch.tv slash fandom tabletop, I believe. We'll put it in the show notes. Again, uh, they're not paying us to just put it out there. I just think if you want to see how uh, Cortex is handled by the pros, you can just go over and watch them. In any case, uh, for today's episode, JT and I are going to be talking values. Uh, So, JT, what are values? So values are a particular trait set that basically focus on what the characters care about and generally more of an abstract sense. So, you know, they might care about power or they might care about truth or justice And uh, I should probably mention that you don't necessarily need to care about it in a positive way. You could care about wealth because you want to be able to buy whatever you want and be selfish. Or maybe you care about wealth because you're trying to donate all of it to all of the charities in the world or something like that and help bring people out of poverty. So there are no real, ironically, value judgments on why you care about those particular values. It's more just that those values are important to you in some way. Right. And just like any other trait set, values are rated by die size, too. Uh, And so this could be a little bit jarring, right, for people who aren't used to more traditional stats like uh, attributes or skills. But uh, like JT was saying, it doesn't really have to be like a positive thing for your character. Whatever the value set that you have is, there's no set list, although there's a couple suggested sets within the Cortex Prime Handbook. Uh, But basically like a a D4 just says you're not really into this, uh, whereas like a D12 in a given value like justice or glory is like this is the heart, uh, this is my heart and soul. But on that same note, like... You know, you can have like a character who has like a D4 in truth and be a completely like honest person. In fact, they worry themselves over um, telling the truth uh, or they may worry themselves over telling the truth. But, you know, with that D4, they're more likely to have complications stemming from it. Right. Uh, And you can be like a D12 uh, person with with the truth value and be an outrageous liar. Right. Uh, so uh, JT, I think you put it succinctly when it's just really more about the why. Yeah, exactly. And um, you could always have uh, trait statements there too, in case you wanted to specifically talk about how that value matters to your character. So you can clarify that way uh, so that people know 
the context of it. Yeah, and uh, tree statements is probably something uh, that we can talk about now. It's not something that is necessarily attached to you values specifically, although values is a very good trait to be hanging tree statements off of. Uh, so basically what a tree statement is, and it could be attached to any tree set, uh, is a phrase that kind of gives more coloring to whatever trait it's attached to. Um, and so when it comes to value, you know, if you have a value on the trait list that says truth, someone might write down the truth can be bent a little bit. This is the type of thing that can be challenged during gameplay and potentially rewritten aren't normally set in stone. And so, you know, if you want to have that sort of dramatic head to head moments uh, with other characters, whether it's a GMC or PC, uh, then tree statements with values is the way to go. Yeah. And since you uh, brought up challenging your values, actually, Kirby, um, that can actually be one of the core ways that you can uh, use uh, growth in uh, Cortex Prime, especially if values are an important part of your Cortex Prime game. Uh, one of the major ways that people are going to be able to uh, change their character or, or like grow them is through challenging those and being able to like move the rating up on one value and down on another, things like that. Potentially, you could even tie it into if you're doing something with XP, for example, you might be able to tie uh, challenging your values into XP, and then that would give them another incentive to do that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the sort of games that you want to have values at uh, can vary. Uh, obviously, you can always have values within a game. I think values sit very comfortably as a prime set. And uh, when you have values as a prime set, like good games to kind of have that for are sort of like your primetime dramas or political dramas, basically any sort of like dramatic show, right? So uh, this is kind of like your CW shows like Arrow, uh, even though you're playing with superheroes, those superheroes are probably using value sets. Uh, Sabrina as well where Sabrina's constantly having her values challenge as she kind of juggles between her mortal side of her social circle and her not mortal side uh, with regards to that social circle and that whole dilemma. And when you're using values as a prime set, you know, it's it very often like replaces something that you might typically want to use like attributes. And when you're doing that, you're basically saying that the differences in physical or mental attributes don't really matter to what's happening because in a game like that, where you're using and leaning on values, it's not about necessarily the inherent ability of a person to get a thing done. It's about the drama behind it all. So like to give a very up-to-date, uh, reference because it's 1997 and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is still on, right? You know, it doesn't matter that Xander is just some average Joe trying to fight alongside with Buffy against uh, against vampires who are established as being physically stronger. What matters is that Xander's 
value of, uh, let's say, his love die, because, I mean, well, minor spoiler alerts for a really old show. He was crushing on Buffy, right, for for a hot minute there. And so he might be rolling his D10 love die. He might be diving in to protect Buffy from getting flanked from a vampire that is sneaking up on her while she's contending with the big bad of the season, right? Yeah, for me, uh, I think the values really do sort of fit in. The first thing I think about is uh, superhero games, just because, you know, you always hear like they stand for, you know, truth, justice and the American way or like things like that. So it's like very much focusing in on those values. And I think the key point would be if you're using values, then the question you're going to be asking is what things do my character care about? You know, what are their motivations? What drive their actions? Uh, is it, you know, a sense of duty? Is it because they want the glory of being recognized as the world's greatest superhero? If anyone watches uh, My Hero Academia, you can see a lot of this sort of stuff in play, actually, now that I think about it. Um, so that's a very good example of something that would use values potentially. But yeah, I mean, basically, you're going to use values as you were saying, Kirby, when it doesn't necessarily matter as much how you're doing something, but why you're doing something yeah definitely and that's what i like to tell my players uh, depending on what values i've set out uh, it might not always be clear what values coming into play and you know i will happily talk through that with my player but at the end of the day um, i always tell my players that when it comes to values, I can't really answer that for my players because they have to answer it for themselves because it's, it's like you said, it's about why they're doing a thing. Are they trying to help you out, uh, JT, if you were a character in the CW drama out of love, uh, right? Because uh, you're in some sort of dilemma. Or are they trying to still help you out, but maybe secrets is a value and so they're rolling the secret value die because in helping you out, uh, like, yeah, sure, you're you're this person's brother and uh, blah, blah, blah. But also they want to make sure that should you survive, their secret doesn't get out in a hypothetical game where you just have some sort of plot point specific secret uh, that they really care about. Right. Yeah, I think probably one of the points that we've sort of implied but maybe not set out right is that a lot of times if you're going to be incorporating values into your game then you might not be as focused on the actions that are taking place so like it's you know you might not need skills with with if you have a values game although sure you could do some combination of values and skills but like for example you might be care more about like in a superhero game, like why they're motivated to do what they do and like what powers they're using less than like, oh, are they, you know, like running or hacking or whatever? Like those things are just more narrative in like a comic book or a TV show. It's more focused on like the drama and the motivations of the characters. And, you know, yeah, sure. They're, you know, using their laser eye beams to you know cut through you know the bus and you know escort people off and make sure that they get to safety but it's it's more focused on the fact that they are doing it to save people and not as much like oh look at me you know i i can tear through uh buses with my eyes or whatever 
Yeah, we we see it all the time in comic books, right? Um, especially like a lot of the mainstream comics, but also the not so mainstream comics, where uh, you know the the arc might open up with Spider-Man swinging through a warehouse and beating up bad guys, but you know he that's just kind of all that fighting is just kind of set dressing, right? And so we can imagine uh, as we get those like little internal monologue boxes that we often get with superhero comics and well frankly comics in general right that while he's beating up these no-name uh, bad guys he might be thinking about a conversation he had with say mj the other day and so you know you, you might be able to normally justify like rolling duty or power or something or a value like that um in such a scene uh, but maybe your head your character's headspace is somewhere else so they instead roll like, say there's a value for like obligations. And so Spider-Man has an obligation to MJ to like attend one of her plays, right? And so he's just really trying to race through the scene uh, in order to make it to her play on time. Even though the obligation die might not be his best die, but that kind of brings us to our next point, which is a very common question. What keeps a player from just rolling their best value? For my part, I would say that, of course, you're going to have sort of like narrative context coming into play. So if um, someone is saying like, yeah, I'm going to steal a bunch of money and I'm going to use, you know, my value of truth to do it, that's not going to make sense probably in the narrative context of the game unless they could somehow explain reasonably why truth is important in this moment to them i personally can't even think of how truth would come to play you know if i thought about it for a little bit i could probably come up with something but it probably wouldn't be that convincing compared to like if i was motivated by like greed or wealth or even power so that there's a sort of the safeguard in that way and of course the uh game moderator is always welcome to say well okay if you're going to use this value then explain how it works in this situation or like what where your headspace is like when you're doing it to justify the value that's the first primary way i would say what about you kirby do you have another one yeah so for me so first and foremost before we forget to mention it mechanically speaking uh if that's something that you feel like might be a problem uh, which is your player just rolling their d10 or d12 value die all the time and just always justifying that is the shaken and stricken mod which is basically a playoff of the stress mod which we haven't talked about on the show yet uh, but essentially um, you would apply stress to values uh, and so anytime they try to roll that value that stress die gets rolled against them and so it becomes more and more discouraging as that stress die goes up and up and up uh, for them to do so. But uh, if you don't want to lean on mechanics in that way, uh, doing it how JT suggested is a perfectly good way to do it. Uh, another way I kind of look at it uh, would be the all these traits, whether they're abstract like values or something more hard-coded like skills, uh, should still impact the narrative, right? So to give like two examples, if... We're in a high school drama, JT and I, and I decide, uh, and you know, we it's after PE and we're in the locker room and we're talking through our problems and maybe JT, you're trying to walk me through a problem that I have. And maybe JT, like your value uh, in this hypothetical high school drama 
is probably like say popularity maybe that's your highest value and so you decide to roll that as you try to like help me uh help comfort me and uh help me go through my like recovery role for like complications or whatever i might be going experiencing mechanically success or not if I was a player, uh, whether as a PC or a GMC for that situation. If you're, if you just, if you always roll popularity with that character and that character has already like vocally expressed that, Oh, all the cool kids are just bullies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my character might have a problem with that. So you roll that popularity die, you roll failure. Well, maybe the resulting consequence is I get mad at you. Yeah. It's like, uh, you're just saying that because you don't want to look dumb in front of the cool kids or say that you are successful uh, and uh, you do manage to comfort me with uh, with your value of popularity. Uh, that might change how my character acts going forward for better or for worse. Maybe my character starts doing stuff that would uh, lean more toward that popularity value to become more popular in school. Uh, and maybe that comes as some sort of consequence down the road. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, actually, that like you were saying, people's uh, actions and checks should have consequences and they should be related to what they're doing. So if you're using a value like you were giving the example with me uh, using popularity, um, you can definitely expect that there will be sort of consequences involving your popularity, either positive or negative. And so depending on how much you're willing to risk your popularity or have it be a problem for you, you may want to avoid, you know, using it all the time and, you know, maybe try to mix it up a bit. On the flip side, uh, you can also have certain things where like if you're leaning on something like popularity, well, maybe you're using your popularity sort of at the expense of of a different value and you know the and you may then uh think like oh well um i'm i'm being popular but you know clearly i am devaluing you know my friendship by ignoring my friends to try to hang out with the popular kids so maybe you then would maybe bump up your popularity and then bump down the uh, friendship value and that could sort of then mechanically you know, okay, well, sure, you're using your popularity a lot, but now you, this other thing is going to suffer and it will have mechanical and narrative consequences for you. Yeah, and, you know, the players in GMCs should also be keying in on what on the why another character is rolling. You know, uh, I mean, characters in GMCs don't magically under necessarily understand that you're making this role roll out of popularity or out of greed, right? Uh, but uh, let's to kind of shift this in a different direction. Like, let's say JT and I are superheroes, and you know we're begrudgingly uh, working together uh, because maybe JT thinks my character takes things to the extreme too much. And so we may both have like a D10 in justice, but maybe JT's character doesn't like how and why I execute justice because maybe my flavor of justice is perhaps too much of an anti-hero approach. Yeah, I mean, the way that the Punisher approaches justice is way different than someone like uh, Superman or Batman might approach justice, for example. You know, they have their own codes yeah. and their own way of dealing with things. So even just, you know, even if they do have the same importance placed on justice, the consequences of that are going to be 
much different for between those characters. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you can see, when it comes to values, it can really drive up the drama, even if that's not necessarily what you're going for, uh, which, you know, isn't to say that you can't bring values into something that's like more happy-go-lucky. In such a game, values might not be a prime set. It might just be a regular trait set that you have. Uh, although I personally have a hard time imagining values in a game as a non-prime set. I think it sits very comfortably as a prime set. Whereas with other traits, you know, I feel like I could take them or leave them as prime sets. Yeah, that's fair. Also, uh, if we were okay going outside of the book and outside of the box, Kirby, I was trying to think of uh, other ways you could potentially regulate values in terms of preventing abuse if that's something that you're actually worried about uh, one thing is to uh, incentivize you know using different values and uh, one thing I can think of that I've seen in other systems is that there are some systems like uh, seventh C comes to mind at least second edition uh, the first time you use a skill during a session uh, you get a bonus die to your skill and I could imagine that if you want to do your own sort of homebrew, mods or things like that that sort of thing where you either get like an extra point of experience or an extra die or something for rolling a value the first time that could be something that might uh, incentivize people trying to diversify the values they're using a little bit yeah absolutely and we'll probably do well not probably i think we will absolutely do uh, another episode on just growing your character in the different ways you can do that that said like whether it's Cortex or any game, if you want a player to do a specific thing, you incentivize them usually through like XP um, or in the way that they advance their character, whether you're using the milestones in Cortex or whether you're just doing like these session callbacks, um, you might want to consider like uh, what JT said. I, th I think that's a very like smart idea to do actually. Uh, in which you just encourage your player to diversify how they're making their roles. Let's not try to uh, understate the importance of everyone in the group being on the same page, of course, because ultimately what it comes down to in any game is, you know, you, you all need to be on the same page and know what your group considers to be fun and, and how your group is supposed to be having fun. And if someone is only trying to get the best mechanical benefit to them at the expense of like realistic role playing. There are a lot of players and GMs that are not going to be having fun with that sort of play. You know, they're going to want to sometimes have their players uh, not be in as good of a position for role playing purposes. And so basically you just need to be aware sort of of what your group likes or wants, and you need to, sort of be willing to be flexible, you know, as a player and, and, you know, outside of being a, a character in a role-playing game, you need to consider the uh, out of character ramifications and your out of character relationships with the people around you too. And I would say personally, when it comes to like cortex and games of his ilk, uh, I don't sweat uh, any sort of like imbalance from a player just spamming a thing. This question of like what keeps a player from just rolling their best value comes up fairly often 
uh, I feel like once a week as more and more people kind of trickle into the uh, Discord. But at the end of the day, like it's really not a huge deal if you have a player that is power gaming. And frankly, when it comes to Cortex, even like the self-proclaimed power gamers that I've gamed with are typically honest about what they should be rolling, uh, especially when you're putting it in their arena of like, you tell me what you're rolling. Right. And, you know, you know, if you are really concerned about that sort of behavior in the first place, it's not like values aren't the only prime set, obviously, that are going to uh, be vulnerable to this. You know, you could have a player who is sort of spamming their particular skill that they're good at. For example, if you have skills in there or, um, you know, if you have particular roles, like uh, if you have like the cleric wizard fighter sort of thing and the player just tries to use their axe to hit everything you know so they keep using their fighter role i mean that can happen too now whether or not that is such a bad thing in you know in the context is all dependent on you know how you think the game should be played i mean it makes perfect sense if a player is playing a fighter for them to be using a lot more of their fighter role than like a healer role like a cleric or something like that and so that essentially is what values are in a nutshell uh to kind of briefly recap they are more about the why you're doing a thing uh, than they are about like your inherent ability to do a thing Uh, but with that said uh, this week jt and i do not have perfectly primed games for examples uh this time around but jt um What's like a show or a book or two that you can think of where values would be like a very good addition to that game if someone were to prime it? Well, I know, uh, you know, the last time when we did our uh, distinctions episode, you know, we talked about Avatar The Last Airbender. And even you mentioned, I think, Kirby, how uh, values can be important to characters. And I know that you ended up uh, going more with relationships, right? Or am I getting it backwards? No, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was right. I went with relationships. Yeah. So, uh, but but even so, you, I think that you also mentioned, and I agree with you that uh, those characters are very motivated by values. Particularly someone like uh, Zuko, who's so motivated by his honor, and that's an example of uh, you know he's trying to get his honor back. So he's actually considered dishonorable by people, and sometimes he can act dishonorable during the show. But he's just sort of obsessed with people perceiving him as being honorable. And so that's just a really cool example of how you could show how values don't always necessarily need to function in a positive way. But, you know, you can have the antagonist, you know, obsessing over a value and causing harm to other people because of it. Yeah, definitely. I think a show that would do well with values and this show actually already has its own role playing game. I believe it's the age role-playing system by green ronin and that show is the expanse which is a sci-fi show uh, that follows several characters right throughout the solar system and it's one a political drama which slots into the book's description of what values would be for right Uh, but then too like when you zoom in on the uh, Rosinante or whatever they're calling it, the um, ship that James Holden and his crew are on specifically, you know, you can easily imagine that as being a player crew. And, you know, characters like James, James Holden are very much motivated by what they think is right and wrong uh, and other such values. So a character like James Holden would probably have a very high, like, I don't know, ethics value. 
right? And for sure. And so that that type of show, like the crew are constantly challenging each other on what they think they should be doing and why they should be doing it. And again, that that why is what's important. Can you think of any other IPs maybe that would be appropriate for values? We've sort of already mentioned this a few times, but almost any superhero property, whether it be Spider-Man or Justice League or what have you, can probably benefit from values just because it's just such a common trope for them to be motivated by these various virtues that they adhere to or like they have these personal you know, co- moral codes and things like that that cause them to act in accordance with a particular value. Um, so even though it's, I feel almost like it's cheating, pretty much anything superhero like Batman, uh, Superman, um, even something like Fantastic Four, probably you could uh, put values into that. Um, and I think uh, which what's interesting is, you know, you mentioned uh, The Expanse, which is like one of my favorite sci-fi series of all time book or TV show. Um, But I think that what I just realized when you were doing that is that pretty much any time you have a cast where the focus is on like a crew, like at some tight knit group and you want to uh, focus on uh, the motivations behind their actions instead of, you know, maybe like their, personal relationships with one another you're focusing on oh well this one you know is greedy and focuses a lot on greed or power this one is motivated by you know truth or justice things like that i think that those sorts of games are going to work really well yeah definitely and honestly like you know we briefly talked about before with growth mechanics but and, and you know there's there's never like any one way to do a thing but there's definitely kind of sort of preferable things to be doing uh, and having things interact. And what I mean by this is uh, whether you have something like The Expanse where, you know, the crew aren't necessarily always on the same page, uh, the growth mechanic, um, which is the growth pool where you're rolling dice. And, you know, if you base that off of the stress that's being incurred from values or whatever have you, it really feeds into this nicely. Because what happens is you're going to have players, you know, once, if if they're new to Cortex, once it clicks for them, that uh, when you say, all right, uh, well, you've set the ship on the course to Earth, uh, what do you do in the meantime, uh, in all that downtime? They're going to want to take those opportunities to stress each other out in role-playing scenes. Be like, hey, uh, so I noticed that you made the deal with that one person over at that one station, what's up with that? I thought that person was scum of the earth. And so what's going to happen is that they're going to get into contest with one another. Uh, someone's going to lose out, but you know what? They're going to get a stress die from engaging in that role playing and engaging in those mechanics, uh, which will then feed into their growth pool or challenge a trait statement if you're using trait statements, which is, again, always good for the growth pool. So uh, it's it's very like adequate to have uh, that kind of like interpersonal drama. But, you know, you got to also make sure that your players are into it. Uh, some players aren't necessarily into doing that kind of role playing or doing what's essentially like PvP. Yeah, definitely. You know, Kirby, I was thinking about it, and I thought maybe it would be a good idea for us to talk about some of the potential trait combinations that you could do with values and how those might work, or whether certain combinations 
may work naturally better than others when you combine them with values. Right off the bat, you know, we had Smallville, and I'm actually not sure if Smallville was the first one to be using like values as a trait, but uh, you, you have Smallville, which is based off the show of the same name, and they had relationships, uh, relationship dice, which is something we'll definitely talk about in a future episode, and that had trait statements. Uh, so I would say values would pair really nicely with relationships. Yeah, I would also agree with that. Basically, if you wanted to have a game where everything was focused on the personal lives and the drama going on between the characters, then if you do uh, values and relationships, you're going to get not only like, you know, who's interacting with whom and who's doing what to what, but also why this person backstabs the other person or, you know, like why, you know, this person goes and helps someone who, you know, maybe they don't like very much or you know there's going to be all sorts of things you can do so like if you want like straight up drama and like that's the main focus regardless of the setting or ip if you just want like a very dramatic game then that would be a really great combination i think you know speaking of like dramatic games values fit nicely and is going to fit nicely in a lot of different genres it may not be immediately clear and you know to give one last example um at least on my part of an ip that could use values uh, i would actually say mistborn from brandon sanderson and the great cosmere uh now not to get into spoilers obviously uh but you know mistborn uh, has a lot of like action pass uh, pack stuff with the world building. But at the same time, you have a lot of moments where characters are very worried over their values. And so, you know, you have the main protagonist uh, who is a young woman and she's, I mean, frankly, insecure about herself. And so she might have like a value uh, that might literally just be self-worth. Uh, and even though she at the beginning doesn't really have much uh, self-worth she might have a very like high d10 uh, value for that whereas someone like Sazed uh, from the same series would have like a high value for knowledge and you have other characters who care about doing things more the right way whereas you have other characters characters who care about power uh, and so that's I, I would say that's an IP where it's not obviously like, oh, you should definitely use values for this. But, you know, if you look hard enough in a well-written piece of work, uh, you're going to find that, like, all these characters care about uh, different things and these then become, like, sort of theme for their character arc. We should probably say, because uh, I feel like some of the stuff I've said may have uh, been misleading, but having values in your game in no way limits the amount of uh, action that can be in the game or like the focus on the action, because as we've said, you know, there are plenty of superhero games where values are going to fit in perfectly, but there's still plenty of uh, butt, butt kicking and other stuff going on in uh, superhero games. So it's not like having those values in there, but in any means prevents you from, you know, doing all the cool action fighting scenes and stuff like that. It's just that instead of, you know, focusing as much on the particular actions, you're going to be focused on what's driving them. And probably the particular actions are going to be more narrative in the game instead of, you know, mechanical things. Yeah, definitely. It's like you just got to frame the scene different, I would say. Uh, you know, you have a you have a duel between a Jedi and a Sith uh, and 
you often have like that moment where the Jedi, where there's a positive battle and the Jedi is trying to get the Sith to, you know, join the light side or whatever. Right. Uh, And so, you know, you have a lot of action going on there. Now I will say like when it comes to like action heavy games, there are players that will struggle with trying to figure out what value they should be rolling uh, when rolling for uh, when rolling like in the middle of a gunfire stuff uh, and, you know, having good tr- uh, value trait lists would help with that. Uh, because if you have like a value trait list where like, say, survival is a thing that they value on that trait list, they're very often going to gravitate toward that because they're in a gunfight. Of course, they're going to care about survival. So maybe survival is not a trait necessarily that you might want to have in such an action heavy game. But that's something to consider right is what is the intended like gameplay supposed to look like is action going to be heavy and super important or is it going to be set dressing yeah and i mean you could also provide other values to complement something like survival of course like you know uh friendship or you know peace or other things like that where you can have different characters who might fight for different reasons you know one person might be more focused on their own survival, but maybe someone is, you know, trying to fight the bandits that are attacking the town because, you know, they have someone in town that they really care about and want to protect them. So, uh, yeah. And, but I think it all comes down to what you were saying, Kirby, is that, uh, it all depends on what sort of game you want to run. And like we've said many times before in other episodes, uh, there's no real, uh, right way to prime a cortex setting. It all depends on, what you want your game to be about. You could have a superhero game that's more focused on the interpersonal dramas like uh, Smallville, uh, but then you can also have a superhero game that is more focused on sort of like the uh, action and team ups and stuff, which would be more like a Marvel heroic. And it's not like, you know, one game is necessarily better than the other. They just play differently and focus on different things. So, I mean, it, one of the things I love a lot about Cortex and Cortex Prime in particular now is that you can tailor your game to the sort of experience you want to have. And like, hey, if you want feel like doing a drama this week, you know, you have the tools to do a more dramatic game. And if you want to do something a little bit more actiony another week, then you have the tools to bump up the action a bit more. And I, I suppose like in terms of like what values are right for your game, like what that specific list looks like, you know, an easy way to write that is to just think about what those type of characters, whether it's a band of scoundrels or a group of knights, or maybe you're just uh, opening, broadening the scope. And so it's not necessarily a group of X, but rather just people who live in this world. Just think about what those people in general care about think about like you know if they're playing a group of knights who are all like have already been vetted as the most like honorable people in the land and you know you don't want to actually explore honor as a value then don't use honor as a value because you can just assume that they're all that they all care about honor in some extent, right? Or alternatively, use honor as a value, but perhaps use trait statements to like give different spins uh, as to different people's view on honor. But in short, I, I think the easiest way is just figuring out what the people generally care about as it relates to the sort of action you're planning on having and the sort of group you're planning on having in your game. Yeah, and uh, what do you think about potentially 
taking opposing values and putting them in the same game? Uh, generally, like I could see that for uh, PCs versus GMCs, and I think we see that in Trace 2.0, which is one of the Cortex Prime settings. But generally speaking, um, I don't think it's necessarily uh, to have values that mirror each other, right? Uh, at least not in the same trait list. You know, there's no need to have like a truth die on a character sheet but on that same character sheet have a lie die because you know the die sizes and or trait statements are already going to paint that picture yeah no i totally agree i just wanted to uh cover that because i know that there might be some people thinking about that but uh yeah usually when you have the values uh you're going to want to be able to challenge them and so there's inherently sort of this idea that you're going to act against that value anyway so it could get a bit redundant. And like I like we were both saying, not saying that you can't do that, but that there are already mechanics in place sort of to help you explore challenging or going against type with your values. So it might not be necessary. So I think that's all we have for today's show. Hopefully JT and I gave you some valuable ideas. <laughs> yes, we uh, really value all of our listeners and the uh, time they uh, take to uh, listen to our show. Uh, we, we paid for the laugh track, right? Uh, I think so. All right. Well, I'll have to okay, check. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, check us out, uh, where can they find us, JT? Yeah. So uh, one easy way is to email us at pbcpodcast at d20radio.com. We're also on Twitter at Primed by Cortex. We have our own Facebook group and page, so you can find that at Primed by Cortex on Facebook. And we also have our own channel on the D20 Radio Discord server. So check out d20radio.com to find a link to that if you want. And then also, as we've said in the past, we're on the official Cortex Discord server, which is not affiliated with us in any way. But, you know, we're fans like everyone else, and you can always find us there talking about Cortex. So feel free to uh, drop us a line there, too, if you wanted. But, yeah, I think that's about it. Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Would you like to see us prime one of those settings that we talked about today? Would you like to see us do uh, a specific mechanic sooner than later? Let us know in your messages, and uh, we will see you next time. See you, Cortex fans.